Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. And today we're happy to welcome a fantastic guest to discuss the subject of starting an e-commerce business. He is a successful coach, business owner, public speaker, and writer. He holds an MBA from Bellevue University in Omaha, Nebraska, and a BS in both business administration and architectural engineering. He specializes in working with those who have an entrepreneur's heart and a business idea, but where they have no concept or idea of where to start. To be more blunt, he helps people open their businesses and he coaches them through all the complications that are sure to arise. He is David Hestan. How are you doing, David? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Did I did I get the intro no all right? <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's perfect. Cool. Now, before we dive into today's topic, which is starting your e-commerce business, your road to fortune, let us first hear your backstory and what ultimately led you to doing what you are doing now. Sure. Uh, well, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and heart. Uh, when I was 10, I, uh, I had to sell tumblers for a sports team that I was with, and I sold the whole damn stock and then, uh, and then, then some. Uh, so, uh, on top of that, when I was uh, about 12 years old, I started mowing lawns and mm-hmm. shoveling snow to make a little bit of extra cash. And before long, I had a full-blown business. So, uh, so yeah, I, that's how I bought my first car, by the way. So, entrepreneur spirit is in my blood, Andy. You know, it's funny how many entrepreneurs start with uh, lawn mowing and snow removal. It seems to be a common theme. Yeah, well, it's yeah. easy to access, and uh, you can just grab your mom's lawnmower, your dad's lawnmower, and head out. Sure, sure. Now, how did you? You you got the background. You're you're an entrepreneur by heart, young age. But how did you get into helping others? Um, well, that's that's an interesting uh, question. Um, I got into helping others is because um, standing in a grocery line, meet people, Rotary Club. Um, I teach also at uh, the universities around here. And people always ask me, how do you start a business? And then I say, well, it's funny. Um, uh, it's pretty easy. The number one question I always have is, gee, I want to start a business, but I have no clue where to start. So uh, I, I say, well, let's sit down. Let's talk a little bit. And if I had a magic wand and I gave you that magic wand, uh, what, what, would it, what would it look like? So, Okay, great. Now, can you share a story of where you have started helping a person with an idea and it's gone on to create a company out of it? Um, actually, I had an opportunity um, uh, come my way that was quite unique. Um, it was back in 1999. I don't know if many people believe, remember this, but there was the, what we call the dot-com era. 
and mm-hmm. the company was called hsgrads.com. Uh, it was for those people that wanted to connect with classmates, but when you graduate from high school back then, they just floated out into the ether and you can never really find them. So the former CEO of Nashua Label had put together a group of folks and we created a product that was exactly like Facebook. In fact, funny enough, it was sold to Facebook. But see, we didn't use this methodology I teach now because it wasn't invented yet. Uh, we did it the old way. We wrote a business plan. Uh, we sold the business plan to the bank and to the VCs, and then we created a product. Well, it went okay, but there was a lot of wasting time uh, and costly trial and error. Uh, today, there's a much better way of uh, starting a business, much less risk. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can see it. And when you're wasting time and somebody else is working on the same thing, you could lose a foothill hold real quick, I'm sure. Absolutely. Now... What if somebody has a product and they're ready to go live? Where Where is the first place they should start? Well, if they have not created a business uh, a business idea using the lean methodology, I would. Uh, that's what the system is called. It's called the lean methodology. I would start by piling up cash because the risks are huge. About seventy startups that uh, will fail using the old uh, the old way, but. Uh, given that they've qualified viable product uh, and they've taken the steps in lean startups, uh, the product would have uh, already gone live, believe it or not. Um, you just have to profitably scale up and most importantly, scale down your costs. So you want to follow those steps. So you said that 70% of startups fail? Correct. That yeah, that was a research. Yeah, back in uh, 2013, uh, Harvard, Bus- um, Harvard Business Review had uh, conducted a study and found that 70% of startups fail. Wow. Is that in the first year or what time frame was that? Um, it's usually within the first uh, 18 months is what they focused on. First 18 months. So what are some of those reasons that you've seen? What, what are some of those reasons for businesses failing? Um, first of all, it's because they create a product that nobody wants. Um, they have an idea. It's a, a wish and a prayer. Uh, they start making the product and the prototype and then they, figure out how to go get manufacturing or they um, hire a bunch of people to help them code a very sophisticated website. Then they launch and it, you, the product just goes flunk and nobody really wanted it to begin with. It was a left-handed wrench uh, sharpener. You know, you know it's just <laughs> no, nobody wants a wrench, a left-handed wrench sharpener. I used uh, no, to always no call demand. it. Yeah, no, I always call it the uh, pocket wasp and hornet teaser. Okay. And anything, anything else? What, what are there besides no demand? So, um, so no demand means no customers. And then um, you very quickly burn through your cash or worse off somebody else's cash. And so you end up with, um, you have uh, no time left. We call this the runway. So when you start up your company, you have X amount of dollars. And it's just like an airplane. You have X amount of room to take your airplane off the ground. So if uh, you run out of dollars, then you run out of a company. There's there's no there's no money left. So you have to figure out how to get your customers excited and buying early, and then adapt your product to what the market wants. That way, you guarantee that there's a there's a viable something we call a viable qualified viable product. That paints a great picture. That was uh, would you say the runway analogy? Yeah, so we call it in entrepreneurship, we call it your runway. What is your startup's runway? Okay, that's You great. don't want to crash. <laughs> now, e-commerce. 
you know, it just continues to grow. And with COVID hitting over the last year, I mean, that that curve of acceleration has just, just gone nuts. Where do you see e-commerce going from here? Um, e-commerce, I think that every business should have an e-commerce storefront. I really do. Um, in fact, I think that some uh, uh, someone, some companies shouldn't even have doors to begin with. Uh, having uh, bricks is a lot of risk. It really is. Um, so uh, if more companies had e-commerce platforms, uh, this would allow them to pivot quickly and discover future wants for their needs and their products uh, in the marketplace that they serve. Okay. Now, if somebody had a, a great idea for a business, they think it's a great idea, at least. Mm-hmm. But they keep saying, you know, I'm really busy right now. I'll get to it eventually. What advice would you give that person? Sure. I, I would tell them just start. Uh, stop talking about starting something and just do it. Uh, you can start um, very simply. Uh, start by identifying your early adopters, those people that have uh, problems that you're trying to solve. This validates your hypothesis. And your first goal is to get um, is just to get things started. For example, in the next 10 days, uh, I will have identified 10 early adopters and set up uh, 25 interviews with them. Uh, excuse me, I'll find 25 individual early adopters and then set up 25 interviews with them. And you're looking to validate your hypothesis around the problems uh, that you're looking to solve for the, the, uh, for the customer. And you're specifically looking to tackle the risks. Remember, uh, entrepreneurs' jobs, the main job for an entrepreneur is to eliminate as many risks as you possibly can. So you're looking to tackle, what, you're looking, what are your problems, what, what's the problems that you're trying to solve? Who's the competition that's in that marketplace? And what's the pain point? People don't buy unless they're paying. Um, I've got a check for you to sign. Oh, great, fantastic. What's the check for? It's a million dollars. Oh, great. All I need you to do is sign right here. Well, I don't have a pen. Well, I've got a pen. It costs $2 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going you're gonna to figure out how um, to buy that. That's from uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, by the way. You're going to figure out how to get that money. Okay, great. That's a pain point. That is a serious pain point. Now, what is the biggest success story that you can share of, of a company you've worked with? Well, I'll tell you uh, about a company I used to own. It was a bakery called Butterwood Desserts here in Buffalo. Uh, the company made high-end desserts. Uh, we sold it to local restaurants. Uh, I wanted to expand the product offering across the state eventually to the rest of the Northeast uh, region of the United States, but I had no idea how to do this. So there have been a blog I've been reading by Eric Reese. He authored the now famous book, uh, Lean Startup. And uh, here's where I started to learn about interviewing customers and starting with a minimum viable product. So I asked questions. I refined the, the questions that I asked and refined my product line that I was offering. And then I pivoted for the products that people didn't want. Um, and then I expanded once I found what was the unique viable product for each one of those product lines that I wanted to launch. Well, uh, we ended up with 15 distributors in 10 states before I sold my shares to my partner. Wow. How, how did you put up your put together your methodology? How, how did it all come to be? No, it's, it's funny you ask. So um, first of all, I had to commit to the lean startup methodology, uh, the one I want Barry to, to explain. Um, you got to document your business model. Now, this doesn't mean using an old-timey business plan. This is using something new called a lean business canvas. It's one sheet of paper. 
uh, and, and it just focuses all your efforts on identifying the risks. Uh, then you want to follow the customer driving development path. This is where you start solving the problems, not your problems, but you want to solve what the customer's problems are. Uh, then you establish a problem fit solution. Now, I know that sounds backwards, but this means working uh, from your goals to calculate the type of response you need from about 1% of your target audience. Um, this is what we call the 10K approach. I learned this from Danny Sullivan from the Strategic Coast. Um, it's real simple. Uh, one, set up a, a specific, measurable, attainable goal where you'd like your company to be in about two to three years. Let's say it's uh, 2,000. Uh, customers. Then step two, you divide your goal of 2,000 customers by 10, which gives you 200 customers. And then step three is to divide your first release goal of 200 customers by 10. And that focuses on uh, conducting interviews with about 20 typical early adopting customers. Then you want to launch small. This allows you to make those little adjustments on the fly. And if you do find a problem, like somebody doesn't want a left-handed wrench sharpener, uh, this allows you to pivot and create a left-handed wrench instead of the wrench sharpener. Maybe that'll work. And then you rinse and repeat until you end up with something that we call a, a minimum viable product. This allows you to capture the true value of your product. Uh, you want to focus on early adopters and customers who need your product because that's, the, that's where the pain points are. Uh, those people are willing to uh, really give you a lot of information. The goal is to uh, find traction. That's the proof of the customers really want your product. Uh, this makes for a successful business much easier and attract investors and bankers. Remember, minimize risk. Instead of going all in, uh, investing big on your first product, which probably isn't the product that you need to be starting with anyway, you start small, validate features and functions of your product, and then move from there. So then the, the next part is to scale up. Uh, now that you're sure of the product service that you're building uh, is awesome, make it better, make it better. Uh, there's a saying that uh, herds find best grass. So instead of getting really big, once you get really, really good, get a better product out there. And being uh, great isn't hard, but it's a step that most entrepreneurs steps over, uh, much to their mistake, I'm sorry to say that. And then you find a business model that uh, can sustain profitability. And then what I always like to say, and people laugh at this, but I say, relax, because you get ready to do it all over again, because the market always changes. Wow. Well, that, that, was, uh, that was a mouthful. Hey, um, yeah. you know, going back to the beginning of, of what you just said, where you want to start small and minimize your risk, do you mm -hmm. find with your methodology that it is even needed to try to find outside investors or typically would you be better off not doing that? Yeah, I would say don't start off with outside investors. You're not ready for the prime time until you've actually proven that you've got a great product. Uh, today's investors, today's VCs, um, starting all the way back to about 2013, uh, they are only looking for, for, for companies that have found their customer markets and they found the products that actually solve the problem that's in that customer market, then they're willing to invest on that. And you should take that what we call the VC mind. You should take that VC mind also and say, well, we don't know if this is going to solve the product. So this is not the product solution that we need to be offering. So let's refine it until we're absolutely sure that, uh, and, and people vote with their dollars. That's the best way to find out if people are interested in your product is they'll buy it. Great line. I love that. People vote with their dollars. 
People vote with their dollars. So I've been kind of halfway through the interview. I, I've been playing a new word association game with my clients just to kind of get a feeling of where they are. You want to you wanna play that game? Sure, sure. Feels like the uh, old-timey uh, uh, Schwerich test. <laughs> That's right. Kind of like that. Okay, here we go. Ready? It's a baseline first. Run. All right. Fast. Stop. Uh, why? Fun. Uh, funner. Now into some business terms. Here's a 10 more. Business. Business. Freedom. Success. Freedom. Family. Uh, love. Email. Um, big gigantic ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Promote. Pardon? Promote. Promote marketing. Gratitude. Um, doing it right. Wealth. Wealth. Freedom. Clarity. Did you say 30? Clarity. Clarity. Doing it right. Growth. Growth. Doing it right. Nice. Well, that does. Very insightful. Doing yeah, it tells right. me that my whole, I, I eat, live, and sleep this. Freedom and doing it right. Freedom and doing it right. Yep. Doing it right. Um, and, and that's because if you do it right, you do get the freedom. So um, I believe in that. You know, speaking of living and breathing, what, what's your motivation in working with companies? You know, in other words, um, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, I believe big corporate America has commoditized the workforce to the degree where people don't matter anymore. Um, big corporations don't care about you. They, they, uh, you're just a worker to them. Now, I know that sounds kind of bitter, but if you don't perform with the, the job boards uh, like, M, uh, like Indeed and Monster, uh, and the like, there are about 3,000 people standing right behind you, qualified just as well as you are, uh, and waiting to take your place. And um, everybody working from home now has made that even worse. So the concept of that I was taught, you were taught, work hard and get ahead in corporate America, that is completely dead. So what wakes me up? I believe that it's time to take back one's destiny. Uh, you live on your terms, not on big corporate America's terms. Step out and be the woman or the man that you're meant to be. Uh, enterprise or inter, 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 excuse me, inter, entrepreneurship and enterprising uh, can be taught and learned. So I need to help as many people that I can in my life that I have left to live. So taking taking back your own destiny. How? What kind of what services are you offering? How how are you helping people do that? So I, I um, much through that we've talked about, I help people build the dream business that uh, by using this mean, this uh, lean methodology we just talked about. In fact, uh, you don't need an idea, uh, Andy, believe it or not, the market will tell you what they want. You need a dream. You need to have the desire. But if you have an idea, that's even great. Uh, you're in a much uh, better position. But most people I talk to don't have the idea, um, but they want to be a business owner. And so that's what we do. We help you identify the business opportunities, find out what the market wants, help you build that uh, product or service or SaaS services of software uh, and get you going into that direction. Now, it doesn't stop there because leadership is also part of what you need to learn. So there's a group of people that I'm a member with that helps teach leadership and entrepreneurship uh, so that it becomes engraved. 
Okay. Now, what would you say if a listener out there right now, I mean, they're listening, they got a great idea and they want to connect with you. Sure. How sure. You just go, you just go to smallbusinessstartupcoach.com. Uh, it's easier if you to remember if you capitalize the start of each word. And uh, there you can find uh, um, a free download that you can uh, get to see if you are the type of person that has a dream or an idea. And, uh, and then you can find out more information about contacting me and we'll get going on this, uh, on this dream of yours. Okay. And what, what's the danger of sitting on a great idea and not getting started? <laughs> you know, um, working for corporate America, <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound appealing to me. Um, getting hired and fired the way they want you. Uh, that's Andy, that's no way to live. Um, living a dream is the right way. I think the right way to go. Now, before we part, can you paint a picture of what life could look like for someone who had a great idea one year from today if they started acting on that right now? Oh, they can be quite far. You know, uh, starting a company is similar to watching your kids grow up, but it goes in a lot faster uh, process. Uh, my kids are teenagers now. and Watching them grow, become adults, have been one of the greatest things that I've ever done besides starting my own business. Uh, starting a company is similar to that. Your babies grow up, they become successful adults. In this case, it's a business, and uh, you just get filled with joy. Okay. Well, that's all I had for you today. Is there anything before we sign off that you can say, man, I can't believe you didn't ask me this? No, um, I just like to add never in the history of mankind, and put this into your, your thinking cap here never in the history of mankind has starting a successful profitable business been easier than today. Now think about that. Uh, there are is a cornucopia of help and resources available to most of the whole world and definitely to those in America. You just got to reach out and take an apple. Perfect. Well, thank you, David. That is it for us today. Remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding David, or connecting with him in order to bring your idea to fruition, I'll put a link to his website in the order notes. You can download that free one sheet at that website, and you'll just click on it below. So in addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business using paid ad requests to join the Make Each Click Count Facebook group, I've been releasing some new, all new free trainings, and there'll be more happening really soon. In the meantime, remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing, and I will speak to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 